Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. How are you, Janet? I'm great, Lucia. I can't wait to talk about this movie that I picked. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Woo! And what movie is that, Janet? So, for anyone who did not listen to last month's episode, I selected Love Wedding Repeat, which is a 2020 romantic comedy that uh, came out on Netflix last year when we were all locked down. And I would just like to take this moment to remind everybody that you said you picked this as revenge. (laughs) Yes, Lucia, this was a revenge pick against you. (laughs) And you know what I have to say? You know me so well. (laughs) Because this was rough. (laughs) So with it being a Netflix movie, there is no box office to speak of as Netflix does not report those numbers. And in terms of a synopsis, I was very frustrated with this movie and chose to just read the synopsis that Netflix created. (laughs) So, while trying to make his sister's wedding day go smoothly, Jack finds himself juggling an angry ex, an uninvited guest with a secret, a misplaced sleep sedative, and the girl that got away in alternate versions of the same day. So, yeah, once I realized what was happening in the movie and that it was going to be kind of like, you know, there's eight different scenarios here of who ends up getting the sleeping medicine. I thought, oh, wow, we're already like, I think it was 45 minutes in or something crazy like that. And I was like, now we're going to see eight different scenarios, but they really only delve into two of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's funny because this movie, like I said, it did come out last year during, I think, when most people were in lockdown. And I was telling you before we started recording that this movie was pretty hyped, Mm -hmm. not just on Netflix, but also in terms of press that they did for the movie. Okay. And so that was one of the reasons why I was interested in watching it as well, I think, because I heard so much about it. And also, I'm a fan of Sam Claflin's. Right. Ever since I saw him on Peaky Blinders, I was like, wow, this guy can act. So then I guess I started to follow his work a little bit more closely. So I was interested in watching it because of him as well. Oh, so I have a question for you. So previously, I had watched a movie you suggested so that we could talk about it during the podcast, but it wasn't for recasting. And I'm forgetting what it was called now. Me me Before You or something like yes. that? Okay, yes. Okay, so yes. yeah, so he's one of the leads in that. And did you already know him from Peaky Blinders when you saw that? No, because he hadn't been on Peaky Blinders oh. yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was probably the first time I saw Sam Claflin in anything. Hmm. And I mean, you know, that movie's pretty <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, it should be. <laughs> um but I mean I've definitely become an admirer of his work for sure. Okay. Yeah. So can we talk about 
the director of this movie who also wrote the screenplay. Yes. So his name is Dean Craig, and he's, I guess, best known for a movie called Death at a Funeral, which came out in 2007. And I actually saw that movie at the movie theater. The original one? Yes. When it came out, I remember going to the movie theater to watch that. And this was actually last year after I watched this movie and realized like it was so completely absurd. (laughs) I was curious about, like I often do this when I watch movies, even if it's not for the purposes of our podcast, I will Google a movie and I read like everything about it. I'm a nerd (laughs) like that all the way. And so when I started reading about it, I was like, oh, I saw that death at a funeral. I remember that. And then, you know, I was just reading like a little refresher about the movie. And I realized that, (laughs) I mean, he wrote death at a funeral. I don't believe he directed it, but he did write it. And I thought to myself, he totally ripped off his own work. Oh, wow. Are you familiar with Death at a Funeral? No, I remember, first of all, I don't remember that coming out, which is surprising. I feel like I would have at least heard of it, but I didn't. But I remember when the Americanized version came out, but I didn't see it either. I haven't seen the American version. So in the original 2007 version, there's a character in the movie who her boyfriend is very nervous. So in an effort to calm him down, she gives him what she thinks is Valium. Oh my God. But it turns out that it's actually a hallucinogenic drug. And so I thought to myself, wow, does that sound familiar? Seriously. So it's like, he that's so lazy. Like, he recycled a version of his own idea yeah. for this movie. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is, so there were not, I went through, like, the IMDb trivia section, as I always do, and there was hardly anything there. So the only notes that I have for this movie are just my reactions to things that were happening. And one of the things I wrote down is the writer of this movie is a lazy bugger. (laughs) And I didn't even know about his previous film. Well, now, you know, I just wanted to share that little story with you, Lucia, and also with our listeners, because that was something that I was just, I remember thinking to myself, that is so lazy Uh that he essentially took an idea from a movie that he made and he basically like just rejigged it. So he didn't even like do that much work on it. And for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure I don't even know if you know Lucia, but this movie love wedding repeat is actually a remake mm-hmm. of a 2012 French movie called uh, plan de table. I didn't watch that, even though if anyone wants to watch that, it is actually on YouTube. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really interested in watching it. But in reading a synopsis and in reading a little bit about the French movie, I think sort of the only premise that he sort of took from it was the French one seems to be about this guy who goes to a, a wedding and he changes 
the place cards oh, okay. of the guests at the table. Like he mixes them up himself mm-hmm. and then like we sort of see what happens. Whereas this, like that's sort of in there, but that's not like the full scope of it, right? Okay. I saw the French movie, like I saw, I read about it and saw that it had been based on that. But the French movie has very middling reviews as well. So it's really weird that you would use that to remake. But anyway, I was really astounded by this movie because the entire premise for me didn't really make a lot of sense. I've been to a lot of weddings. I've been to weddings on different continents. And I have never in my life seen a place card at a table setting. It's always this is your table number and then who you decide wherever the hell you sit at your table like it to me that right there makes no sense no people do that loose yeah okay i've never seen it in any country that that i've been to a wedding in Um, (laughs) yeah i think it just i don't know i think it depends on how posh the wedding is i'm not saying that you haven't been to posh weddings Hey, man, I've been to many posh weddings. (laughs) Sorry, but like posher types of weddings tend to like place people. Yeah, they will do that. All right. It is a thing. It just might not be a thing for the circles that we travel in. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. We're not posh people. Okay. All right. Well, I also want to mention before we actually get into any recasting that There is an episode of the TV series Community. It's season three, episode four. And it's essentially like this, but they did it way better. So it's, um, they are, there's people playing a game and they roll a dice, a die to decide who goes to pick up the pizza. And as the person's like, oh, let's pick with the, with the die. They say, oh, now you're creating six different timelines. And then they show each of the timeline on if the die lands on one or two or three, blah, blah, blah. And that is one of the best episodes of any television show I've ever seen in my life. So when you have that, and then I start to watch this and I'm like, okay, well, they're trying to do that same kind of thing. And then the execution of it is just lacking in anything that resembles cleverness or... I don't know. None of it made sense. None of it was done well. It was a very, very frustrating watch. So I actually recommend anybody listening, if you have not seen that Community episode, please watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not familiar with Community, so I will take your word for it. (laughs) The one thing that struck me about this movie was, I mean, it's beautiful in terms of visually Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous they shot it in italy and the cinematography is absolutely beautiful but to me the whole vibe of this movie is big budget hallmark movie yes you get that yeah yeah definitely yeah like it did it felt like a hallmark movie but on like a really fat budget right the cast are like decent actors like these aren't lifetime movie actors as far as i'm concerned no exactly that's why i say it's a big budget (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's also about as silly as the which are the melissa joan hart ones are those hallmark 
I don't know those. Anyway, whatever ones she does, it felt it had a vibe like that. Just the level of silliness and the level of people behaving like alien creatures who have just arrived to Earth (laughs) and don't know how humans behave. (laughs) So why don't we take our first break and then we will come back and do our recasting. Repodcasting is brought to you by ATB. At ATB, we make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. And now back to the show. So Janet, as this was your pick, would you like to start off with your recast? Sure. So when Lucia and I were discussing the recasting, we decided for sure that we would recast the role of Dina, played by Olivia Munn. This is actually why I picked this movie. Mm -hmm. And like the thing is, I have nothing against Olivia Munn at all. I don't want this to be perceived as like I'm trashing her in any way because I'm not. Mm -hmm. But it's like you said, when you look at the cast in this movie, it's a great cast. Mm -hmm. But then there's Olivia Munn. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I have no idea how she managed to get cast in this movie it, to the point where I was I even started digging around to see if Olivia Munn and Dean Craig uh-huh. if they shared the same agent or the <laughs> same talent representatives no because I'm trying to figure out how she got this job right <laughs> it completely baffles me she is so miscast in this movie it is it is a great cast like i just want to say in terms of like mvps do you know who really stuck out for me was the guy who plays brian okay the maid of honor his name is joel fry Mm -hmm. and the girl who plays rebecca yes ashling b those two were incredible like they steal the movie as far as i'm concerned definitely they were great. But you know what? I mean, we recast Sam Claflin so that we would recast both the leads. But I actually really like Sam Claflin in this role. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. He does romantic comedies. But I think that like this really showcased the fact that he's good at physical comedy as well. I think that given this material, I think that this cast like did what they could you know what I mean yeah. and I really think that like Sam Claflin put his back into it <laughs> um but yeah like I was really baffled by the Olivia Munn casting she yeah. just seems so out of place in this movie and with this cast yeah because They're all very talented. They're all really good at comedy. Even the actress who plays Jack's sister, uh, her name is Eleanor Tomlinson. And she does, I mean, I've only seen a bit of her work, but she's mostly done drama. And I thought she was really good. 
But yeah, Olivia Munn just like she really stuck out like a sore thumb. So she's the main reason that I wanted to recast this movie. Okay. Um, I just thought she was all wrong. Yeah, I for agree. The role. And she's not funny, or at least she's not funny in this. And she's not necessarily supposed to be funny, but she just is all wrong uh, for this role. And even when she speaks, it's like she's speaking and she's so wooden. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like she's not emoting. It's like she's trying to speak without moving her mouth. (laughs) What is going on? I don't know. I just really, I was like, no. So I wanted somebody who was better at comedy. Mm -hmm. I wanted somebody who could also play serious, right? Because Dina's kind of, you know, she's an American war correspondent. So we're supposed to believe that, um... She's kind of serious. Yeah, you would think so. I think she's got some moments where there's a little bit of drama in there. So I wanted someone who could hit all those notes, somebody who had like good comedy muscles, someone who could also do that little bit of drama. I decided to stay with the way they did it in the movie in terms of Jack being British. Right. And Dina being American. So I did go with an American actress. And I went with Mila Kunis. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because I really like Mila Kunis. She's definitely got star power, right? Because that's the other thing. It's not an unknown cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in this movie, especially the leads, I mean, I think pretty much, well, most people knew who they were, like Sam Claflin and Olivia Munch. Sure. So, yeah, Mila Kunis, she's done a lot of film work. I think she's proven that she's skilled at all of those things. Yeah. So I think she would have been a better Dina than Olivia Munn was, for sure. Well, Janet, I could not agree more because I also chose Mila Kunis. No! It almost never happened. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Once I thought of her while watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, she would take this role and she would make this bad movie watchable. She's so good. She's so fun. And she can be funny as well. She just would have been perfect in this role. And I have to agree, like, I have actually, (laughs) in a previous repodcasting episode, I've actually cast... Olivia Munn into a role. And at the time, I had pretty much only seen her in the sitcom New Girl. She had done like, I don't know, a two or three episode arc. And and she was pretty funny in that. So like, I've definitely seen her be funny before. But watching this, I think I was at minute five when I said to myself, what is wrong with her? Because I could not believe It's like she was trying to do face acting in a part that didn't call for it. Or the director told her, just keep your eyes open super wide the whole time. Like, she just, I don't know, I couldn't take anything that she was doing. It was so weird. So not human. (laughs) I really did not like her in this. And so bringing in somebody with the chops of Mila Kunis would make this fantastic. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So now in the role of Jack, which was played by Sam Claflin, you know, like I said, I'm a huge 
I'm a, a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. I really like him. And I'm not, I mean, I've told you this before. I have a, a little bit of a crush <laughs> on him. I really like his face. And that was actually <laughs> one thing that I disliked also about this movie was how can you have someone as attractive as Sam Claflin and yet it's like they made him look so unattractive thank you yeah movie I don't know if it's the hair I don't know if it's the ill-fitting suit see I notice everything I'm very like I notice details and why were his pants so short? Oh, it drove me crazy. Wow. I know. Like, this is, I'm being, like, super particular here about this, but... But it makes a difference. I think it that's... Does. Yeah, that's a valid complaint. And I'm really glad you said that because I think the only thing I've seen him in is Me Before You. So I don't know his work. I don't know his face that well. And I'm really glad you said that because I was watching it and going, like, I think he might be attractive, but... I'm not really seeing it. <laughs> so yeah, it's I good remember to know. when I watched this, I was like, I hate this movie <laughs> for making Sam Claflin look not his best <laughs> because he is such an attractive guy. But like I said, I thought he really held the movie together. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed him. I thought he was funny. He pulls it off like he can do comedy. And I think that's why I enjoy him so much as an actor is that now I've had the opportunity to see him in a lot of different roles because I have watched most of his work. He's an actor that can do it all. But we decided to recast him, which was fine. So I wanted someone who had sort of, you know, leading man presence for sure because I definitely think that Sam Claflin does and he's a relatively well-known name too Mm -hmm. so I wanted somebody that people would know and recognize I wanted somebody who had done romantic comedy before but who could also do drama because you know that was also what I felt was disappointing about this movie was this movie had the potential it was just not executed very well because even sort of you see glimpses throughout the movie especially when jack and his sister are having certain moments throughout the movie where it's a little bit more dramatic and serious but i wanted someone who could hit those notes as well so i cast james mcavoy oh nice because he's definitely leading man mm-hmm. material, for sure. The thing about him is, which is unfortunate, but he hasn't done very much in terms of romantic comedies. He oh. does a lot of, like, drama and, you know, action. A lot of people know him in the X-Men movies, right? Mm-hmm. He did this romantic comedy years ago called Starter for Ten. It's an old movie, but it's so good. It's oh. so fun. And he was excellent in that. And then he also did that movie Penelope with Christina Ricci and uh, Reese Witherspoon. That's sort of a romantic comedy. He can definitely do it. And you know what? I'm sorry. I just hope that he gets the opportunity to do more comedy because he can do it. Like he did. He was on the uh, Celebrity Edition of The Great British Bake Off just just this past winter. And like he's so funny naturally he has such good comedic timing and it was like 
somebody has to cast him in a comedy. <laughs> so I think he would have been really enjoyable in this. I think he could have definitely played Jack and played him really well. And I would have liked to have seen that chemistry between him and Mila Kunis. I think they probably would have had chemistry, yeah. unlike... Sam Claflin and Olivia Munn because I don't know about you Lucia but I was not feeling that supposed chemistry that we were supposed to be feeling yeah you know what it was I could feel it coming from Sam Claflin but it was like she wasn't giving him anything Olivia Munn was not like the scene partner that he needed for that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely again in that opening scene where like they're setting the stage for these two people are clearly very into each other and yeah i just i didn't buy it at all i bought it on his part like you get i don't know for me it was like oh he really likes her like he's definitely smitten with her Mm -hmm. But her, like, I don't know, I I wasn't feeling that from her. And it's just like, she's, wow, she's just not giving him anything. Like, yeah. that's got to be difficult to have a scene partner that's not, you're not feeling, I don't know, I wasn't feeling the connection. I don't mm-hmm. know if they were, but. Yeah. Okay, well, so I have two different options for the role of Jack. It's funny because when I was try, I cast Mila Kunis pretty quickly, and then when I was looking for options for Jack, I wanted to keep him British, and I literally found a Wikipedia list of British actors, and it was like grouped by you know the decade they're born in. So I'm like, oh, nice and easy, I can go right to this list. And it's funny because while looking through that list, there were so many women that I was like, oh, I could cast them in this. So I was almost deciding, like, should I flip it and have the the guy be American and the girl be British? But anyway, I, I decided to keep it as the movie initially has it. So the first person that I landed on was Nicholas Holt. Oh, right. Yeah, he's done mostly serious stuff. He's also in the X-Men series. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I first saw him in the movie About a Boy when he was the titular boy. (laughs) Actually, I guess about a boy is more about Hugh Grant. But anyway, he's a child in that. And then he's also in Warm Bodies, which I guess would be more comedic. Um, But anyway, I think it would be interesting to see him in a role like that. Like he's definitely leading man material. He's been the lead in several movies. And I don't know, I just I really, I could picture it, but I honestly couldn't say more of like, why (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because I actually thought of him at one point the only thing is again like I don't think he's been given any opportunities to sort of do comedy right which is unfortunate because I bet that he can do it he used to be on this British show called Skins Mm -hmm. that's where I first saw him and he was on like Dev Patel it was I forget which season it was but Dev Patel was on it too this is pretty old this is going back but Nicholas Holt was really good Mm -hmm. on Skins and I have a feeling that he could definitely be good at comedy I just don't think he's been given um that opportunity but I would like to see him in a romantic comedy for sure yeah me too and then my second choice was kind of my first choice but I didn't want to put him in this movie because I think it's beneath him <laughs> oh, no. so it's Daniel Radcliffe oh yeah 
<laughs> he could totally do that role of Jack. Absolutely. Yeah. He would be great. Um, and he, I have seen him in a romantic comedy. It was, I think it was called The F Word in Canada, but yes. now, yeah, but it seems to be called What If in other places. I'm not sure yeah, why. Yeah, he was great in that. So great. And also, not just like romantic comedy stuff, he... You know, for somebody who started so young and in such a, like, massive franchise that took up, you know, years of his life, he has carved out such an interesting career for himself. And he has done such a wild range of movies and projects. He's such an interesting person and so talented that that's kind of why I don't want to put him in this, but he'd be so good. (laughs) Yeah, he, no, you know what? He would be, um really good and uh it would be interesting to see him and Mila Kunis acting opposite one another I would really enjoy that I think yes yeah he was my first choice in terms of that in terms of the chemistry I think him and Mila Kunis would have I think they would have fantastic chemistry I would like to see it anyway Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. exactly um so yeah those are my picks nice (laughs) good job yeah you too since we picked the same, <laughs> Dina. Do you want to get into fun facts about the movie? Or I mean, I really don't have any. There was next to nothing that I could find okay. in terms of like a fun fact. Literally, my notes are just like, thank goodness for Ashling B. Uh, all of these yes. people are complete morons. Like, <laughs> just yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> I know. Ashling B and Joel Fry, they were... <laughs> <laughs> like Joel Fry in that first version when he <laughs> when he is drugged mm-hmm. oh my god like that's the thing about this movie it has the bones yeah you know what I mean the bones are there and it had the potential to be I mean it, it's there are certain parts of it that are really entertaining mm-hmm. right like all of his scenes and Ashlyn B as well. They're they're it's it's entertaining to watch, right? Yeah. You know, I know that they're going for that sort of farcical slapstick comedy. Like there's a, there's yeah. a lot of physical comedy in it, right? It is entertaining. It had the potential, but then you know, like it's just rife with cliches and it's so predictable. And then I don't know about you, but one thing that really annoyed me about this humor was like all the dick jokes. Um, right? Like with, um, oh, Frida yes. Pinto's boyfriend, Chaz. Yeah. You know what? Like, the whole it, Frida Pinto it, thing. It seven humor with all those dick jokes and it was like I don't need this stop beating this to death you know what I mean like you want to do one or two dick jokes that's fine but we don't need like a whole series of them it was just it was too much yeah so okay so it's a table of eight people and I think that the writer tried too hard to like really give each person something major happening. And it was just too much. There was no need for it. I felt so bad for Frida Pinto because her character in this, like just everything about it, I don't know, she was given nothing. Her storyline was really just awful in every way. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to, I actually had a note here to ask you something. 
and it's in regards to Frida Pinto. So here's my question. While I was watching this movie uh, the second time, I kept thinking to myself, why was Frida Pinto not offered the role of Dina? Yeah. Because to me, that would have made more sense. The fact that they stuck Frida Pinto in the corner yes. with that role, that is a crime as well, as far as I'm concerned. Like, here's what I think. I think cast Frida Pinto as Dina. And if you really want to put Olivia Munn in this movie because you love her so much, then cast her as Amanda. Yes. That would have made more sense to me. What do you think? I actually hadn't thought of it, but I totally agree with you because I honestly think that that the Amanda role would have been a better fit with Olivia Munn. Like I think she, right? yeah. And couldn't you see Olivia Munn playing Amanda with that, total chaz yeah like couldn't you see that yes better than frida pinto supposedly with that guy yes like what a waste of frida pinto absolutely exactly what a waste of frida pinto frida pinto should have been dina yeah and olivia munn should have been amanda the other issue that i sort of had with the dina character is that she's written in a very aggressively male gazy way oh god yeah like so aggressive yeah and like i didn't care for that either because it's like just the whole way that she's shot and everything this is way too male gazy yeah and there's at least three men at that wedding who are just like drooling over her But without, like, speaking to her like a human being. Yeah, so you get the sense that, you know, Dean Craig obviously was probably projecting. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you for sure. So there's two things that I'm going to nitpick about this movie on top of everything else I've already said. So one is that Olivia Munn is a war correspondent and... She gets a phone call from work (laughs) saying, you have to go to Mexico. There's a hurricane. Oh, yes. Why is a war correspondent having to fly, who's currently in Italy, (laughs) having to jump on a plane (laughs) to go to a place where there's a hurricane? Oh, yeah. It's absurd. Okay, well, here's something that I'm going to (laughs) nitpick as well, if we're going to start nitpicking the script, because... It definitely deserves to be nitpicked. Sure. In the last version of this, Dina spends the whole afternoon drinking, right? Because she's oh, yeah. so angry with Jack because he fell asleep while she was talking about her mother's death. Right. Okay. So she has spent the whole day drinking. Mm-hmm. She is drunk yeah. when she receives the phone call from work Mm -hmm. when she leaves the wedding she is visibly drunk because we see that last parting when jack is saying goodbye to her and she's slurring her words right i mean she's drunk or at least we're supposed to believe that and then 
by the time he catches up with her, right, then he goes running after her, which is, again, so predictable. Like, you just knew that was going to happen, right? He's running after her in the streets of Italy. He catches up with her. And then by the time he catches up with her, like, she's sober. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, she's not slurring her words anymore she seems perfectly sober how did she sober up in like 10 15 minutes how did that happen after she's been drinking and doing shots like it didn't make any sense it's like okay here we go i mean the whole thing is absurd to begin with but like no cohesiveness there right yeah it's like oh she's just sober suddenly after she was just drunk (laughs) like two seconds ago yeah Absolutely. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Also, if you're drunk and you're getting a call to go into work, like granted, you're going to have a plane ride in between there, but seriously, you're just going to pick up and get onto the plane. I don't know. Anyway, everything about this is so mad. Yeah. I mean, I remember when they were doing press for the movie and Sam Claflin admitted that the only, basically the only reason that he took the job was because he wanted to work in Italy. Of course. Yeah, like he he admitted it. He said that he didn't say, oh, it was such a great script. I had to do this. Um, this was such quality work. I was really into it. This sounded really fun. No, the thing that he that stood out was, well, you know, I saw that it was shooting in Italy and he'd never been there before <laughs> and he really wanted to go. And that's why he took the job. And you know what? I don't blame him. Like, I don't blame him. It was it's it's a beautiful movie yeah. to look at. For yeah. sure. I still sorry, I have two other things to nitpick. <laughs> One is I do think it's a bit weird. Now I really am being nitpicky, but it just kind of bugs me too that, you know, this is happening in modern day. It's, you know, not a period piece. And they had this, you know, strong connection three years ago or whatever it was. And, you know, he's super into her and he's never stopped thinking about her. And this is his sister's friend. Just be her Facebook friend. Or like, I I just, I think in today's day and age, you wouldn't just lose touch with this person if that's how strongly you feel about them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Because it's true. It's like it's set in modern day. Like they would have connected somehow, like over, like you're saying, over Facebook or Instagram or something. Like they would, it wouldn't have been a three year lapse. He would have slid into her DMs and they would have met up somewhere. (laughs) I'd let him slide into my DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, Okay. And then just, yeah, the last thing is, Okay, maybe I'm weird. And this is something that, you know, if people are listening and they disagree with me, I definitely want to hear about it. But there were moments where I was a little uncomfortable with the sibling relationship. (laughs) They had more chemistry than Sam Coughlin and Olivia Munn. Yeah. There's a moment where she is, oh, where, uh, you know, we now have learned that she cheated on her husband with that drunk guy who crashed the wedding and he says because she's like he's gonna leave me okay sorry give him some respect mark crashes the wedding and i forget all the characters names Haley. Haley says oh if he finds out he's gonna leave me and sam claflin says if he leaves you don't worry i'll still be here what you're her brother that's not the same as if your husband leaves you i don't know right But you get the sense. And again, this is where I also felt 
like shades of hello Hallmark movie because <laughs> their parents were dead. Right. right? Yeah. So and that so, probably is something that brings them closer together. Sure. Right. So that's where, you know, we are to understand that they have an exceptionally close relationship because of that. But if you know anyone who's listening, I know, Lucia, you don't watch Hallmark movies the way I do. Correct. I'm more of an expert, definitely, <laughs> than you are. Okay. Um, but in almost every Hallmark movie, someone has dead parents oh, wow. or, or, or a dead spouse. Like almost always one of the lead characters, one of the leads usually has dead parents. And so they're super sad and, (laughs) and, you know, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but it's such a defining character quality or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, but it's a trope. It always happens. It always happens in Hallmark movies. And so that's okay. why, again, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, their parents are dead? Yeah, this is a Hallmark movie. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, For me, yeah, and, yeah I, I get that. What, Lucia, I think the reason that maybe you were picking up on that is exactly what you were saying. They had better chemistry, obviously, yeah. as actors then yeah he does with Olivia Munn and that's not that's not their fault right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah I agree with you you get that sense of chemistry watching them like I believe that they're a brother and a sister that have very deep genuine affection for one another yes. and are super close absolutely again like great cast that's <laughs> what if you're a good actor, like that's what's happening. That's what you're supposed to see, right? Yeah. I wonder if the chemistry with Olivia Munn had been off the charts the way it's the movie intends, if then maybe I wouldn't have felt that because, I don't know. you know, in comparison, I'd just be like, okay, you know, they're just a close brother and sister. But yeah, for me, that line is was kind of the last straw was right. him saying, the like, if your straw. husband leaves you, don't worry, I'm still here. Like, yeah. you don't fill the role that a husband does, or you're not supposed That's, to. <laughs> is that when you called the police? Lisa, <laughs> you dialed 911. You were like, 911, please arrest this movie. Nothing but crime. Sadly, I bet I wouldn't be the first person to have done that. (laughs) You know what I wonder? I wonder if Sam Claflin and Olivia Munn had a chemistry read for this movie. Well, I have a feeling this was done pretty quickly, especially with them shooting in Italy. I don't think they had time for that. (laughs) I would be curious to see if that happened. Right. Because... That often happens, right? They yeah, bring yeah. in people, they do a chemistry read to see if there's chemistry. Mm-hmm. So I would be curious to know if that happened in this situation. Yeah. Or if because it's, I mean, I don't know how things work with Netflix, but I wonder if that happened at all. And if it did, I don't know who made the call. There was chemistry there, but they were wrong. I get the impression that Netflix shits these movies out. (laughs) These kinds of movies. Because, you know, they have a whole whack of rom-coms. Then they have a whole whack of prestige pictures, the kind that actually do get nominated for all the awards. So with the rom-coms, it really feels like they are just throwing them out there at quite a rate. I don't think they take time for chemistry reads, personally. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 
But anyway, whew, I feel like I need a drink now. <laughs> Don't you feel better that you got all of that out, Lucia? It's like therapy. Yes. But you know what? I wouldn't need that therapy if you hadn't made me watch it. Well, just one last point, Lucia. I don't know if you noticed, but there is a sequel happening to oh, this movie. Oh, my gosh. Why? There is. And actually, Dean Craig, when he was doing press initially for this movie last year, he was already working on the sequel. And it is tentatively called Love Honeymoon Repeat. Ugh. I don't like that so, at all. <laughs> I don't know when it's happening, but I believe that it will happen. Oh my and gosh. He was already writing it. So there's going to be another movie in this canon of... <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you know what? I will watch it. <laughs> and you know what? I won't. <laughs> you know, if Sam Claflin is in it, listen, I'll show up for it. But, yeah, Olivia Munn's probably going to be in it. Exactly. I hope someone's listening and they cast Mila Kunis. That's what I was about to say. The only thing that could make me watch this is if Mila Kunis is in the character that Olivia Munn was in. Yes. Oh, or, like, let Frida Pinto do it. Yeah. She suddenly becomes Dina. Exactly. (laughs) Or he suddenly realizes that Dina's not the one for him and Amanda is. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) wow okay well let's take our second break before our final segment free podcasting is brought to you by Rumi. cold drafts flickering lights and where's that leak coming from if you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home Rumi's ask a home inspector service can help connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. And now back to the show. And now it is time for our final segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, this segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And before we continue, I just want to give myself a little pat on the back for actually getting that to work today. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Lucia, it was our intern. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Our intern set it up for you, Lucia. (laughs) Exactly. We're we're the big time now. (laughs) So, on that note, Tony Danza, where did you want to put him in this movie? Well, you know what? I kind of had a hard time (laughs) placing Tony into the movie because there are so many different roles. Mm -hmm. There are such an ensemble cast that I had to really think about it. But then I decided that I would cast Tony as Brian, the maid of honor. Nice. Because I wanted him to be able to flex his comedy muscles, Mm -hmm. which we know Tony's funny. He can do comedy. And also, can't you see Tony Danza being someone's maid of honor? Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, completely. Mm -hmm. So I cast him as Brian. Nice. Well, I went really basic with my selection, and I cast him as Roberto the Groom. (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah i mean tony's italian (laughs) you see that's kind of lazy exactly (laughs) just like the writer of this movie (laughs) (laughs) 
that's all the thought it deserves. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely went the lazy route and just picked the Italian guy. <laughs> okay, fair uh, enough. Well, listen, Tony makes a good groom as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. And the groom yes. is super nice. Oh, yeah. And he has some moments. Yeah. Except when he falls off the balcony. I don't like the thought of Tony Danza doing that. Yeah. Tony falls into, like, the Italian river. I could not believe when that happened. The directions that this movie goes in are so wild. It's super bananas, yeah. Yes. He died in one of those scenarios. Well, not really. You think because he didn't die from falling off that balcony? Then... Well, he could have survived. He might have just had a little injury. You oh, don't know. boy. Or a big injury. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. One thing I did want to mention that is completely unrelated. You know the um, the voice of the Oracle? Yeah. It sounds like Judy Dench. 100%. Right? Yeah. But it's not her. <gasps> really? It's not Judy Dench. Isn't that wild? I am shocked. I know. I was initially, too, because I remember... Like I say, I watched this last year and I did all my research then <laughs> and I was shocked to learn that that's actually not Judy Dench. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I can't believe it. It sounded exactly like her. That's funny. I meant to look up in the cast listing if she was there, but no. I just assumed it was her. It sounds just like so, her. I guess it's Tracy Ullman then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Okay, so before we finish this movie, I do want to say, I want to end on a positive note. And I want to say that I did like the montage, I guess you'd call it, of the various scenarios in between the first and the last one. I thought that was really funny when you see each person with the sleeping pill, or it's not a pill, with the sleeping potion. <laughs> and just the way they kind of cycled through all those different ones. I liked that montage. I think that was actually the smartest thing that they did in the movie. Yeah. The way they decided to do that and to shoot it, I thought that was the, that's what I mean when I say that this movie had the bones, mm -hmm. you know, it had the potential there. And, you know, I was definitely entertained. I think there <laughs> are positive things about the movie for sure. It's not all bad. I mean, yeah, the whole thing is kind of bananas, but I agree. I really enjoyed the way they shot that. Yeah. So that does it for Love Wedding Repeat. And for next month, I have selected our next movie and we'll be recasting The Spectacular Now, starring Miles Teller. I think it's from around 2014. I should have checked that before. But yeah, it's available on Hoopla if your library has that. And I think that, well, I think it might be on Amazon Prime as well. But yeah, it's definitely on Hoopla. Okay. So give it a watch and recast along with us. And that episode will drop August 1st. So that does it. We are repodcasting on all the social media stuff. If you want to email us with, you know, your comments on, we often are like, tell us if you feel this way. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. And that's about it. Thank you, Janet. Well, I won't say thank you for picking this movie, but thanks for joining me. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Lucia. I think it was a success. We definitely improved with our recasting. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just being hard on you. This was a movie worth talking about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Bye.